Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hello, welcome to Going Off Track. Hello, Mike Toucher. I mean, Jonah Bear. Brad gets mad when I get touch the microphones. He thinks it's going to make noise. We've done 150 of these podcasts. For some reason, only today, I feel like I need to keep touching the mic. <laughs> yeah, you're usually very good about it. Yeah, I don't know what's happening. Um, Although... You're touchy-feely. The last intro we taped, I did spill coffee all over my crotch. Yeah. So, let's try to... So, if you're a fan of the podcast, you know which one that was. <laughs> you can relive that moment over and over. Um, it's still wet. I just checked. His crotch is still wet. Speaking of wet crotches, <laughs> today on the podcast uh, is a wet crotch maker oh himself. <laughs> Harmar superstar. Um, you thought I was talking about Jonah? No, no, no. Not me. Not me. But uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, Harmar, I sort of hooked up with through. Uh, my friend Ryan plays drums for him, and Denver from Desaparecidos, uh, who's been on the podcast before, is Harmar's a bass player. So Denver came on the podcast, and I was like, I think Sean would do it. And I was like, really? That would be cool. And then uh, me and Sean sort of started emailing, and then I just started sending him messages like, what's cool on Netflix? And he'd be like, oh, you should check out like Peaky Blinders. So I started watching that, and then he came in, and it was like, we're old buds. <laughs> um, and he's... Uh, it's interesting, like, I feel like when he first came out, it was, like, kind of, like, he was portrayed in kind of this way where it's, like, sort of, like, he had a shtick, and, like, like that kind of, like, sometimes got a lot of attention, and now he's just, like, he's an incredible voice, he's, like, a f- fucking sick band, and he's, like, he's, like, the real deal. And He, like, kn- he knows you get a good band, and you yeah. got it made. Yeah. So Especially with his hilarious... Yeah, like, so he had, definitely has a great sense of humor, but it's also, I think if, if you think, if you have any, like preconceived notions about Harmar Superstar and you haven't listened to him in a while, like, I would check it out because I think it might actually be not what you expect. Um, but yeah, he's an awesome dude. Other awesome dudes work at this place called Commonwealth Press. I've um, heard of that place. Yes. You may have heard about it if you've ever tried to get band merch printed a great deal with excellent quality. Oh, yeah. That must be it. <laughs> uh, so those guys are in Pittsburgh. Um, they're an independent company. They're um, fans of the podcast. And uh, and they make great merch. And they make great merch. For your band. And if you're in a band, you need merch. Um, you probably don't know how to do it or where to go. Screen printing is expensive, and you don't want to do it on your own unless you know what you're doing. So um, 
go to CommonwealthPress.com. If you go backslash podcast, um, you'll get taken to a special page. I've been to it. And uh, if you put your order through that page, you'll get six free shirts. Yeah. So that's pretty cool. What size? I think any size you want. Pick the size. Mm. Uh, My band, we always seem to run out of small shirts but have a million extra larges. So... Don't don't that's, make too that's many. That's because you have a lot of girls coming to your show. That John. is definitely not true. <laughs> <laughs> we have a lot of small dudes like me. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, so thanks to Commonwealth Press. Um, thanks to Harmar for coming by. He's uh, doing this Primavera Sound thing and this huge festival in Barcelona, I believe, in like the summer and maybe May. Um, he, they just did a tour with the Pizza Underground, Macaulay Culkin's band, and. Yeah, just keep an eye out. He sh- he, they're always around doing stuff. So, ladies and gentlemen, Har Mar Superstar. It's going on track! Uh, looks like you're recording the telephone over there. Hello. <laughs> we did a super funny sketch with the telephone earlier. Yes. No, I'll just record it. Okay. Yeah. Roll. In case someone calls. You guys say anything when I went to get the water about me? We just should talk to you. Yeah, yeah that was just really? yeah. 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 What about my pants? No, it's about the water. <laughs> yeah, oh, really? Yeah, you guys have like terrible water here. <laughs> well, I was, I was like, I was like, usually we have the water ready for the guests. They don't have to ask for it. It kind of like makes us look unprofessional. Oh, really? You were like making excuses? Yeah. Don't yeah. you know? Never make excuses. Don't you know that we mm. are the all stars here, Jonah? These people are lucky to be here with us. Yeah, it's true. Okay? And today, Just always act like that. I thought, I thought the shoes were the. We're the superstars. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, speaking of superstars, today we're joined by Harmar Superstar. Hello. How's it going? I'm good, man. How's Do you it prefer Sean? Is that... I, I like them both. You like them both? I answer to both. I, wow. uh, I've been familiar with you for a long time, but I got really into what you were doing when I heard your podcast, specifically the episode you did with Father John Misty. Oh, sweet. That one's really... That one's one of the best ones. It is so good. And then <laughs> I met him at SNL when he was there with Beck, and I was like... I heard you on Harmar's podcast, and I started talking to him about the Yelp review thing yeah. that you guys did. Oh, that's the best, man. I love that. That's one of my favorite things to do on tour. It's like, Can you maybe explain that a little bit? Well, yeah, you just, like, uh, when you're rolling through a town, you sort of Yelp what's coming up, and you you it's it's the best to look at, like, uh, local Yelp reviews of chain restaurants, like, uh, and then read them uh, aloud to everybody else in the van, like, um, in the character that, that would definitely live in that town. So, like... Uh, you know, like uh, there are people who are like shocked that like the 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 fish at Red Lobster is frozen <laughs> you know, in Kansas like, City. In Kansas City, <laughs> you're like, uh, yeah, man. There's not it's not an ocean anywhere near. But like, it's always stories about like how you know. It's always like my wife and I were uh, you know waiting for our pizzas and. Hers came back with pepperoni on it, you know, and like everything's like uh, so, so angry. Everything's like like caps. I don't know. I, I I could do it, but I feel like I feel like it's it's there. And yeah, you can just go find it. The one that's curious to me is like whenever there's a review of like a chain store like that, and it's not like a great review or a bad review. It's like I went to Dwayne Reed. The line was like sort of line long, but not too bad. <laughs> yeah. It's like what prompts you to write that? Yeah, if the experience was so mundane. Yeah, exactly. Like I, there's just people who yelp about just anything. Yeah, uh, I've never felt the need to write a review. Right, any place. You know what I mean? Or people just like it's like there's their star system is way off. Like, well, they'll they'll like. 
write a seething, terrible review and still give it a four out of five. <laughs> you know what I, I mean? noticed that like, a lot. What? They must not realize. They must think they're two separate things. It's probably just like all the pitchfork writers. <laughs> <laughs> you know what's yeah. weird about it too is like I'll like go through all of them and like weigh all my options, and I'm like, why am I listening to these people? <laughs> yeah, like, these yeah, people exactly. are all fucking nuts. I hate these people. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't talk to. Yeah, these like people. if I saw this guy in the street and he was like, "You should go to that restaurant," I'd be like, "No way." <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's the, it's four. There's four people. <laughs> It it's got to be, uh, yeah, internet commenters, I think it is the same people over and over. Oh, yeah. For the yeah. Mo- it's got to be such a small... Although I just did a bunch of Amazon reviews. For some reason, like, I'd never do... I, do, I buy tons of shit off Amazon. Yeah, me for, like, too. For, like, for work and for home. And, and, like, I don't know, like, a reminder popped up. And I was like, wow, I, you know, actually, that was a pretty awesome product. And I clicked on it. And there was a whole list of shit that I'd bought. Yeah. And I was like, oh, whatever, man. I, I got to give back to the community. Yeah. I mean, man. I guess I'll give it a star rating if it doesn't take yeah. any, like, thought. Yeah. You yeah. Know what I mean, yeah. yeah I, wrote, I wrote, like, three paragraphs for one item. I don't remember what, what it item was. was it? I, I, know. I can't remember, but it was awesome. It was like a tool. It was something <laughs> really simple. I was like, this is so simple, but it's so hard to find something like this. <laughs> <laughs> so it was a passionate review. Yeah, it's like six reviews. I was like, I'm good for two years now, man. See, it'd be fun to write like really passionate, like poetic reviews that are kind of hard to like, they're all veiled in mystery. <laughs> you should do that, man. That'd be a lot of wasted energy, but it could be fun. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking I can't even do like for the stuff sake that of I'm art, man. To, so. <laughs> I know. I'm always like, I don't have time to review this stuff. It's like, what am I doing? I'm just like sitting on the internet doing nothing. Like, yeah. that would actually be probably sort of productive. Just reading you could be other giving back. Reviews. Yeah. It's yeah. kind of like it's kind of like the jury system. Like, do you want it, you got to go serve on the jury because ultimately, when you get arrested, you want to be you know you want a jury of your I'm making quotation mark peers, right? I right. love that you're just planning on getting arrested. <laughs> Same this is for my big Jonah arrest. Get I want it to be fairly. I know that, fairly That's <laughs> my thing too. I feel like I bought so many like wedding gifts over the years. I was like, if I don't get married, I feel like I should just have a party or something. Yeah, exactly. A registry. Yeah. Just make a registry. Yeah. It seems seems fair. Does seem fair. Yeah. My friend Kathy got married in Bethesda, Maryland. It's an amazing wedding. Yeah? Yeah, it was great. (laughs) But if you are going to, but just so, if you are going to have this awesome party, which I think is a great idea, solicit gifts, just be sure you have it with somebody else so that it's kind of like a wedding. I'm going to wait till I'm like 50 or something. But then also like, you know, make sure that you know that it, that you get into a big fight with that person and their entire family. <laughs> I should have done that. Like, I lived with uh, my two friends, Preston and Jeremy, for about ten years. We should have had like a common law wedding. Yeah, and just gotten everything yeah, we needed. Hell like, yeah! But then, uh, they, you know, we could have pulled some weird tax shit on each other and maybe like <laughs> taken each other's belongings. In the end of the day, it would have been a rough breakup when we all moved out. Yeah. <laughs> make for a great memoir that's true so we had your, your bass player denver on the podcast yeah. a couple months ago which was Daddy. so fun yeah sweet what'd he do did he do a headstand we talked about he didn't do any headstands we talked about omaha a lot sweet we had uh benny from gaslight anthem guest hosted oh nice and then and then i went to momo with denver oh yeah it was really fun you guys so you guys checked out some art yeah and then got a little if I couldn't see culture. stuff, yeah, I'd be like, Denver, what is that art? I can't see it, <laughs> yeah, but you're he just seven feet you tall. Yeah, so. <laughs> um, and we're friends with Ryan from your band. Yeah. He's great. McMahon. McMahon. And you, I think last time I talked to him or one of the, or maybe Denver, you guys were about to go out with the Pizza Underground. Yeah, we did like a six-week U.S. tour. It was the full deal. What was that like? Because I, I saw some things someone posted from Riot Fest that was like, 
do not approach Macaulay Culkin. What? Like it was like do not. Take, and I wonder if it was just Riot Fest. Like yeah, it was like, I mean probably so in a people. festival setting, it's weird for them. I think because like at our shows, it was great because yeah. people were there to see us and them, and uh, people were like ready for the show and knew what it was. But like I feel like in a festival setting, it's more of like a a circus attraction for people. Right. Yeah. You know what I mean? Where they're totally. like, oh my God, Macaulay Culkin's in this band. Let's go check it out. And then they're just like dicks. You know what I mean? Cause yeah. I don't know what the music's going to be. And like, they won't necessarily like, I mean, it's simple. Like if you're into the velvet underground and pizza, you'll pretty much like the band. And who is <laughs> into the velvet underground and pizza? I mean, yeah, I guess some of these pedestrian motherfuckers. Are, <laughs> so, 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 uh, so, uh, I think, like, in a festival setting, you know, yeah, it's definitely more like, like, you know, people just, like, staring at people on a yeah. stage, not really caring. But, like, on the tour, it was great. It was super fun. Uh, the crowds were awesome. The shows were, like, it was a really good combo of bands. Like, just a really fun night. I was out there on, with my band, and we were playing some of the same places. Like, I think the Observatory in Santa Ana, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Or some of those places, and yeah, like everyone seemed like so excited about the shows. It was super fun, man. I, uh, it was like I didn't really know what to expect going out, and uh, it turned out really great. And it was like one of those things where it could have gone either way. Like that joke could get really old after like a week if you're like watching it every night. But like yeah. it, it really got better. <laughs> like it was like more fun once you like knew all the words. You kind of like had to sing along, sort of thing. Was Macaulay cool? Is he just like a regular dude? Yeah, he's dude? great, man. He's so fun. He's a really good friend of mine. He's just kind of like a chill dude that likes to drink whiskey and hang out, Ooh. foster the arts. He makes yeah. art. And I don't know. He's he's a good dude. That's great. And I, I'm trying to think because I, I feel like I saw you like a really... Did you ever tour with Schneider TM? Uh, I don't uh, think I did, but uh, I know The Faint did. I'm trying to remember. I think didn't didn't Schneider TM open like that tour that was like the faint and TV on the radio? I don't know. I think I that saw that awesome, tour. Though. I think uh, I definitely saw. Is it just him? Did you call it? him? I think it's just him. Yeah, yeah, yeah I don't. I didn't want to be like I saw him and then have be like, yeah, <laughs> no, I no, think Leonard some, some German dude, dude, man. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I saw you a long time ago, and I then I was watching some more recent videos, and it seems like your show in particular has really evolved a lot. Yeah, I mean, it's like it's just it's evolved in the way that it's like a, a band now, yeah, more more so than before. Because I used to just go out with like a mini disc player and just piss people off. Well, which was it, great. It seemed like yeah, like sort of like like, like the Pizza Underground. It almost seemed like a little bit more of a shtick before and now it's like musically it's like everyone in your band is awesome like yeah a great voice like it seems like it's more of like a legit type thing i guess yeah i mean after you do something for like 15 years you can't you got to take your tongue out of your cheek yeah <laughs> you're like okay well i'm gonna keep doing this like, i can't you know what i mean like i don't want to be like i'm not I, i'm not particularly into like joke bands you know what i mean or like funny musician guys with guitars and stuff like that so I was like, I didn't really want to be considered one, so I just thought I'd step up and write some songs. Yeah. Was that like, was that like a conscious thing at some point, or was it just kind of like? Uh, it was kind of like, I don't know. It was like I was writing like pop songs and stuff for like other people, and I got really into that thing for a while. And then I was, it's like, I really loved making like pop stuff, so I was doing that for like Harmar stuff, and then kind of just got over that and it's like one day like turned on the radio and was like all this shit sucks so i don't want to do that anymore 
<laughs> um, I want to like, I want to like play songs that I would listen to, which is like soul stuff. So, uh, but my, it, I kind of had to wait for my like voice to mature a little bit too. To like, if I was like 25 singing like the shit that's on Bye Bye 17, it would be like, shut the fuck up. Kid. <laughs> you haven't lived yet. You know? Yeah. That's true. <laughs> so kind of just had to grow into it a little bit. I think that's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> What with you, Brad? Have you ever, have you ever done any, any shows that involve dancing or you stripping or anything like that? B. B? Yeah. <coughs> what does that mean? B. Uh, stripping. Has, oh, oh. Has, had occurred, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of whiskey, yeah, it was after seven um, Manhattans. Yeah? Wait, waiting to go on late for a show. For It was a birthday party. Okay. So you stripped yeah. before you went on stage? No. We went on stage and we had these outfits because I don't know. What, it was a friend's birthday party, but it was also a show. And so we decided to wear outfits and we had these like big brown like um, polyester pants and white shirts. And I didn't have a belt and my pants were too big and like they kept falling down. And finally the singer pantsed me. <clears throat> oh. And, so, I, and then she took off my underwear. Wow. <laughs> And then I took off the shirt. Sadly, this is before, <laughs> sadly this is before YouTube. This is a pantsing. I've never seen it. That's the best way to like not give satisfaction to the pantser. Is to like just like be like, oh yeah, I'll just take off my underwear too. Yeah, Fuck you. Exactly. Got you beat. You think? Uh, I think it one step further. And like, I'm not even embarrassed at all. I'll take this one. Yeah. But you know what? Actually, okay. There's an ending to that story that actually is really hilarious. This was on Third Avenue. And like 13th Street was Space at Chase was the venue at the time. I don't know what it is now. It's probably was it a Chase Bank? It's probably a Chase Bank now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, no, yeah, or, it had originally or, been a Chase or a Bank. Chase Bank like in, the in the nineties. Chase Bank in the nineties. It was a venue, but so I lost the pants, and I basically walked from there to Avenue B, <laughs> Avenue A, and Sixth uh, Street in my boxers. With the white shirt and tie. On. <laughs> <laughs> I want to go back to. Uh, so they were big brown. What kind of pants? They were like these big brown polyester pants. It's like who was the, the stylist? I, don't, I think the bass player. I think Pete, the bass player, had like found never all these pants. The, never let the bass player dress you. <laughs> no. The guy who finds a stockpile of big brown polyester <laughs> oh, pants. Polyester pants. Are they drawstring? No, they weren't drawstring. No, they, they were, were too just big like. They were just like, I don't know. Maybe they were left over from like FedEx. <laughs> <laughs> they were gross. <laughs> that was a strange night in other ways too. I'm sure. I don't want to get into the rest of it. Let's go back to, to our guest. Sean, what's, what's your like sweet spot as far as like pre-show drinking? Um, I kind of like, probably like, uh, you know, two or three drinks. Yeah. Something like that. I like to get drunk while I play. So okay. at the end, I'm wasted. Well, you kind of burn it off, too, yeah. during the show. So it's like it's almost like it doesn't count that much. Yeah, and actually, <clears throat> I kind of like forget to drink while I'm playing, too. So it's, it's yeah. kind of like one of those things. I mean, I've definitely been shit-faced at shows, and, and that's really fun, too. But like, you, you know, <laughs> then I'll go on some rants that, like, this shouldn't happen. <laughs> but it's always, like, fun. People are always like, yeah, it was really fun. But you know, <laughs> it's like weird political thing for like a second. And I, I'm not a political guy at all. Just when you get drunk, you get super political. No, I mean, just like when I get like that level. Yeah, yeah, you know yeah. I mean? like, That's yeah. the best kind of political guy. What person like doesn't, 10 minutes doesn't know what they're talking about. I don't yeah. <laughs> just don't kill each other, man. Bullshit, well, you probably man. get people like giving you shots during the show. And yeah, stuff. that yeah. used to happen a lot more. Like I, I used to like make the audience get a Jägermeister. And then I, I quit. 
drinking Jägermeister Oof. because of that. Because sometimes I just keep coming. Yeah. You know, and then you just black out and I had be a, on a chair somewhere. Yeah, Jägermeister is no joke. <laughs> I had a flashback like to living in Ohio, and I would just buy like huge things of Jägermeister uh, and yeah. have it at home. And I remember like checking out once, and some like really scary guy next to me being like, "Yeah, dude." <laughs> and I was like, "What is this weird?" And I kept it in the freezer just before I went out. I would do shots of it, and I can't believe I did that. Yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> like, no, I used to drink so much Jägermeister. Dude, it was it's like a every fucking like, medicine. I think yeah. it was like when I first started drinking and it didn't taste like, it tasted like candy, like gross candy kind right. of. Yeah, I think it was like, it kind of like coats your stomach. Too, yeah. So you like never like get like a stomach ache. Yeah. It's a medicinal. It was yeah, invented like, for like old German people to drink after they ate too much pasta or something. Yeah. But then you just like realize you're just drinking like, you're like, like eating like five bags of sugar. Like. <laughs> yeah, dude. It's like, it's a cough medicine. Yeah. <laughs> So are you, do you still do your podcast? I don't, man. I did like 60 episodes and then I kind of like, I was touring so much the last two years that it like got really hard to keep up and like, you probably know that like just getting guests for a week to week thing is just like, yeah, it's a struggle. Keeping I mean, the quality level up. Yeah, yeah. And just like, I mean, and also just like, just even just getting people to agree to do, everyone's lazy. Yeah. Yeah. Like, Wait, Were you just I, doing it out of your apartment or something? Yeah, I just did it out of my my room. So I, you know, I could go mobile and sort of go to somebody if I had to. But um, yeah, it just got to be too much, and I felt like sixty episodes is a pretty good amount to like yeah. kind of stop. It's at. very it respectable. Like, yeah. Did you stop right at sixty, or was it like sixty? It was sixty. Oh. Yeah. Uh, my first and last guests were Macaulay Culkin. Really? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I'd, I'd nice. cap it off with is, where I started. How did you how did you kind of link up with Father John Misty? And you guys aren't related, are no, you? No, no, okay. totally different man. He's got like he's a Tillman with one N and I'm a Tillman with two Ns, so it's uh, like a thousand percent different. Gotcha. Just, yeah, um, <laughs> that is very different. Way different. Um I think he's like a Norwegian Tillman and I'm a German Tillman. I don't know what that means. It really it's a real it's a age old feud. <laughs> but, uh, the classic Tillman battle. I think we met in LA. I think uh, we were both like at a party playing charades, and then we were like the guys who like never lo- would leave. <laughs> <laughs> we just ended up like just hanging out. I was like uh, at at my friend Alia Shokat's house. And, like, of course. I mean, so she doesn't care if we never leave. So we just never did, and we we're just like, well, we're hanging out with her. And I don't know, we were just talking nonsense and probably, like, doing mushrooms or something. And, like, uh, we just ended up hanging out a lot. And we were both making our records at the same time. And, uh, yeah, I don't know, everything just, we just, like, cracked each other up. So we just hung out. And you guys have been on the road together? Not at that point. Okay. And then after that, uh, this was probably, like, four years ago, maybe. Uh, after that, we went on tour together when his record first came out, when the Fear Fun, his first record came out, and uh, I still had, like, no plans of releasing mine, so, like, I opened for him, he played drums in my band, and then he would do his set, and it was, like, a perfect, super awesome time. Why had you no reason to release your own record? Oh, I just had no plans yet, because oh. it wasn't done, and I had right. to, like, find a new label, and all this, it was, it, that shit takes forever. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like... <laughs> Even when, like, you find one, then you gotta, like, make a contract for, like, three yeah. months. And then they're like, then it'll come out for, in a year. Yeah, then you wait five months <laughs> at least for, like, every, yeah. It's crazy. <clears throat> so it was, like, one of those situations. But it was cool. It worked out really well. I yeah. Got to, like, 
he's so fun. I mean, both of you guys are so funny, but it's, I feel like you kind of expect it if you're familiar with Harm, like your music, yeah. but his music, I, you think he's going to be some super serious, like yeah, tortured totally. guy. And then, and that's when he was like super, uh, he was like kind of like fighting pitchfork a lot. And like, <laughs> like now that I think they've like kind of like joined forces in a way, but like, <clears throat> like, <clears throat> sorry. Uh, he was like, you know, having like really angry shows and like doing just like weird fucking Twitter and Instagram nonsense. I, everything was just like really funny and kind of like shrouded in like this weird mist of anger, which I kind of really liked. <laughs> and then, and then he kind of like, he's gone through like so many different phases. Like he did like five or six tours for that record. Like, yeah. So everyone was kind of a little more pro. <laughs> but like also a little more manic at the same time which like i loved watching that evolution happen um do you do mushrooms a lot uh i kind of whenever somebody hands them to me yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> i think it's i was reading this there's this big article in the new yorker this week about them using mushrooms for like medicinal reasons yeah and how like they totally when they became like a schedule one drug by nixon like they totally stopped doing any research on them yeah and so, like, they're starting over, and they're like, "These are amazing," but like, we don't know that much about them. Yeah, it's really, really interesting. It's it's crazy. I mean, it's like one of those things. Like, I don't like eat an eighth of them like I would in high school, and just be like, "Ah!" It's like more like eat like a cap and a stem, and just kind of feel shiny and walk around and yeah, commune shiny with the trees. <laughs> it does, it really like there but they talk about certain articles like nothing else can kind of give you that kind of like insight into yourself really yeah like, so easily well, and, it's I, like, and they just said as long as you're not like bipolar have like crazy like mental conditions it's totally oh dude it's not i we used, i used to say it wasn't a drug it was a tool yeah, yeah. you know like but yeah the good point about the research like the thing about lsd it's the same you know compounds is that like it doesn't it's not detectable in your body after 20 minutes after you've ingested it. Mushrooms, you could probably detect some of the, um, the compounds in the actual plant, but, like, you can't detect any, like, quote-unquote drug. Yeah. So, like, it's really odd that by the time it kicks in, it's not detectable in your bloodstream. <laughs> well, but you can also just be like, that guy's totally on acid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You can, uh, you can sometimes tell. <laughs> but what's even crazier is like, like dimethyltryptamine, like DMT is like the strongest psychedelic. Oh, yeah. Your brain makes it when you're dying. Yeah. Oh, really? It actually, yeah. That's yeah. Like, that's, yeah, that's the chemical that gets released into your brain. Yeah. Yeah. So like when you die, you basically just go on this psychedelic trip. Like that's like the active is that compound in ayahuasca. Asphyxiation junkies are going after. I don't, I don't know exactly. I think they just want to come really hard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't think you can strangle yourself and make your brain start producing DMT, <laughs> yeah. okay, or else way more people would die yeah, that way. <laughs> but maybe ask Yahoo Answers. Yahoo Answers also one of my favorite things on the internet. Oh yeah. <laughs> any any question you have in the world, if I've talked about this before, they have on there like all. I like, and sometimes I'll just be stoned or something, Googling stuff. I'll be like, Yahoo Answers, can I build a pl airplane for less than $300? And someone has asked it, and then there's like a crazy joke answer, and then there's like a serious oh, answer, yeah. and then there's like all these votes. And I just read an article, I just read Yahoo Answers' Wikipedia page. Don't ask me. They what? They have a Wikipedia <laughs> yes. page? And the, it was this whole thing about once they vote an answer to the top, you can never change it. 
Whoa. So they were like, they can start a new question. They but can't even change it? No. Wow. And they were like, you can start a new question, but it, like the older one will get the most votes because it's been there so long. So there's, there's all this misinformation on oh, it and they awesome. can't change that's it. That's what I love about the internet. Yeah, this is it's like, great. Like this oral history that's all wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Unlike regular history, that's 100% accurate. Yeah, that's super accurate. <laughs> oh my God. But I mean, that's, yeah, I think about that too sometimes. Like, what happened? When did Jeeves get fired? When, right. Like, Ask Jeeves was a thing and now it's just Ask. And it was it like a messy. Split up. I Did think they, they actually like assassinated him. Out? They have to buy him out. I think they killed him. Do you think like they were like? Do you think at one point they were like the internet's all these young people like we can't have this old Mister Mr. Belvedere fucking dude like Jeeves? Yeah. Uh, uh, how do I get to the Commodore? Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's sad. <laughs> Somebody should revive that guy. Rehire him. <laughs> if Jeeves got a job at Facebook and was like all hip again. <laughs> <laughs> he has like a like backwards hat. Facebook right? is like going the way of Jeeves, I think. Like I read this article about how like teenagers like don't use Facebook anymore because like their parents are all on it, so it's like it's not cool oh, anymore. Yeah. That's just gonna be books. Soon. They just they use... get rid of the face. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know where things are going. <laughs> if you did, you would be a billionaire. Yeah. Well, I guess yeah. just like Instagram and. And Twitter and Snapchat, which I don't understand. I don't use Snapchat. I, I like, yeah, I downloaded the app once and I looked at it and I was like, I'm not going to do this. I so used I it. Like erased it. And I was like, I was like, this is going to be crazy. And <laughs> everything I got was like a penis. No, <laughs> dude, that's like the kind of stuff like, you want. that's what not, you were looking not, for. <laughs> not exactly, but that's like the, the, like the ballpark I was thinking I was going right. to get stuff in. And it was like. Pasta dinner, or yeah, look at my dog, yeah, exactly. or like yeah, all dog. this mundane shit dog. that I would just like skip, like yeah. if I saw on Instagram. <laughs> like, oh I was my like, god, this is so exclusive! Yeah, I can and only I was see like, this dog picture once. And, and I, I could tell it. it was like, yeah, people I know, like girls I knew, who just like sent out like just random like boring day at work, and it's like yeah. a computer. And, and I was so like, you can, like, yeah, I don't know, I don't want to even. But I think it's just maybe I'm too old. Like I'm just the people I know are just aren't using it right. Yeah, or like, yeah probably. <laughs> or I just have totally unreal expectations <laughs> for it. Well, chat roulette was really fun for like a week. Yes. That was like a great week. I forgot. Yeah, that was <laughs> so... I wonder, I wonder who are the people who are still on chat roulette Oh, now. there's a lot of them. I really? Bet. Yeah. I bet it's like weird. I bet it's like all... I don't know. Maybe it's just like all... Maybe it's... I, I can imagine it like took over like China or something. You know what I yeah. mean? Like... It's always weird. They're probably into like some shit that we'll be into in the future. But yeah. they're also just getting chat roulette right now. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just making shit up, I guess. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> That's what we're here for. <laughs> I feel so, like, yeah. yeah, I feel like Tinder maybe changed the game for that stuff too. Because maybe yeah. all those dudes on chat roulette are like, and I can actually talk to real people. Well, th that's, those guys like penises. branded Tinder are like insane... Because they just branded dating now. Now people like when they're like tweeting about like a couple being on a date, they're like, "Oh my god, these guys are on a Tinder date." It's never yeah. just a date. Yeah. It's always just like, "Oh, I can tell these guys are on a Tinder date." Yeah. And they're like, well, "All dates are awkward. Why does it have to be a Tinder date?" Well, it's all, it's uh, yeah. And I feel like whenever I see stand up comedy now, there's like a ten minute bit about Tinder. Yeah. Like, it's like so it's permeated pop culture so much. It's really interesting. Well, well, straight it's... people just do it wrong too. It's like Grinder was awesome yeah. for gay dudes because they just like go fuck. Yeah. And they're like, "All right, bro, no, let's let's." I'll, I'll never see you again. 
Like, that was like, that's like what dudes want. And then you get like guys and girls involved and they're like, well, let's get coffee and size each other up. And then maybe in like two weeks, I'll give you a blowjob. There's, <laughs> there's nothing. Like, well, fuck this. There's nothing better than the, the Tinder date though. Yeah. To be an observer. Oh, yeah. I love doing that. Oh, Watching yeah. people when you can tell it's a first date. Yeah. Our friend Jay Green was, uh, live tweeting a tinder date that was happening behind him while he was djing last night no way yeah it was fucking great just check him out it's good fun (laughs) maybe there's a a reality tv show in there somewhere well it must have really fucked the like actual like match.com and all these sites that like it's like whatever 30 bucks a month yeah oh totally yeah they're like record stores now or something yeah exactly (laughs) you just are like i guess i'll go browse (laughs) (laughs) they deserve Uh, it Dating in New York, guys. <laughs> don't do it. Don't know, man. Don't, don't date do it. anywhere. Don't. <laughs> yeah, don't do it anywhere. Just stay home. Yeah. If you didn't like find someone in college, you're fucked. So whatever. <laughs> if you didn't go to college, you got to go find someone who's in college. Yeah. Maybe you should just go hang out at colleges. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you're leaving for tour tomorrow. Uh, just a couple shows. Just a couple. Shows? I'm like, yeah. I'm kind of like, I'm not really touring for the next year while i write the new record okay so i'm gonna fly out and get paid nice where to, you going to pay my rent um i'm going to new orleans tomorrow and then uh you know just random things wherever wherever it takes me i'm gonna dupe i'm uh i'm doing primavera oh, nice. sound which will be really fun i'm just like djing the opening party i just basically like i just basically like wanted to get booked just to be there because the lineup's so good. Who's playing that? Uh, man, is that uh, in Italy or something? Or? It's in Barcelona. Barcelona. It's like my favorite festival because they put everybody up. All the bands stay in a, a hotel across the street from the festival grounds. Oh wow! So like everybody that you've ever met, it's like like there. I think like the Strokes are headlining one day, and God, the lineup's insane. I, like, um, who else? I can't remember. I'll just pull it up because there's no reason not to at this point. I'll just babble and try to guess, and then it's like, whatever. Just say some lies. That's what, <laughs> yeah. that's what we do. Uh, the Eagles yeah. are playing. The Eagles, Steely Dan's <laughs> playing every day. Don Henley's solo. I, the Eagles, <laughs> you hear the Eagles and the Eagles of death metal are, are, have combined into a super group. Oh, uh, that'd be sweet. <laughs> <laughs> the Eagles, Eagles of regular metal. Eagles squared of death metal. God, that would be so weird. That would be weird. Um, Could happen. Oh, God. <laughs> they make it so hard. Whatever. Go online. Look Go at online. Check it out. I'm spo- yeah, we're not going to do it for you. I'm you can supposed do to be a lot of cool events. Do you... Uh, Dokken, Firehouse. Oh, my God. Um, Rat. Uh, I can't remember who else. Firehouse. What was their song? When I Look in Your Eyes? Um, no, that was when Bad English. When I See You Smile. Right. Is that them? Yes. I Can Face the World. What was up with that? Like Dude. every every album had to have a ballad, and that was the hit. Yep, that's how like you got in the door with your metal, your hair metal band. I remember going to buy a Firehouse cassette and getting it confused with Firehose, Mike Watts band. Oh man, that's awesome. and I wish I had bought the Firehose. Yeah, album yeah, instead. <laughs> yeah. I would have been turned out so much cooler. Yeah, I think yeah. <laughs> Is that Firehouse? You were going to buy a Firehouse album? Yeah. 
Wow. <laughs> they're, they're cute yeah, girls. Man. They're hot. They, what else did they do? Warrant did cherry pie. Warrant, yeah, Warrant had a bunch Who of did I saw red when I, I opened saw red. It. Did they do they do that? No, that was Warrant. That was Warrant too. Yeah. <laughs> I saw Warrant. I don't, were you there? No. I saw Warrant play a party when me and Kathy were in college. What? They played at a frat house. No way. And I where? What college? I went we went to Ithaca College. They played okay. a frat house at Cornell. Sweet. And I actually had I did the zine back then called Law of Inertia with yeah. this guy Ross. Oh and yeah. Ross published a whole thing of photos and an essay about the concert. I just found it. So I was just looking at this, but oh my God. we showed up and like there was a tour bus parked in for this frat house and we heard about it and rolled over there and some dude answered the door. He's like, yeah, it's just for like members of frat, whatever. What? And I was like, I was like, dude, we'll give you 20 bucks each. And he's like, all right. Oh, yeah. And he let us in and they had a backyard, like a sound booth set up, like full stage, Whoa. like kegs. And we, there were like maybe like a hundred people there. And Warrant just came out and they were all wearing matching Warrant jerseys. <laughs> That's awesome. And... I remember they played like a full set with all these photos, and they the one that band Lit was really big then. Yeah, my worst. And they're like, "We're gonna cover a song from our bros and Lit." Like, oh my god, they were trying so hard just to be sort of relevant. <laughs> yeah. And like, oh, no. I remember at one point, Janie Lane, R.I.P., was like <laughs> over by the frat house and had dudes pouring beer into his mouth yeah. from like three floors. That's up. what I'd be doing. It was. It was incredible, and I can't believe it happened. That's have, amazing. Yeah, I wonder whose idea that was. This like, sounds I, like the the. If I didn't have photos of it, I wouldn't believe it had happened. Yeah, they weren't like filming like a Todd no, Phillips. No, it was or... literally like I guess someone. <laughs> I don't know how much money they got. It but, sounds like the remember the scene in Old School. Like, sounds yeah, like, yeah, like, it sounds like this is where the concept came yeah. from. It, this, yeah. but this was like probably like 1999 or something. Oh, it was so crazy, but uh, <laughs> yeah, that's insane. I mean, I guess they must have been. I mean, if they're still on a tour bus, they still have like a pretty I, yeah, high must, overhead, I right? Mean, they must have been at least like five grand to yeah, rent warrant. I would think so because I saw them actually in Ithaca. At the, I saw them again like a couple years later at the Haunt. They played with Quiet Riot. Oh, they just keep coming back. Yeah, they're and it was like, like not around. not very crowded and kind of depressing, and they were all wearing like Atticus and like oh, no. like Ramones, oh, no. like you know, like it's like it's got to oh, be tough no. though to be at that yeah. point and be like we want to be cool. I guess this is what kids are into. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I say just don't try because like yeah. hair metal will probably come back. Yeah. It I mean, will it, it kind of has. I feel. Well, yeah. I feel like at least that look. Like I feel like all these bands, like Black Veil Brides, and yeah. all this kind of oh, yeah. glammy. It's like, but they're doing. Yeah, they do it good too. Yeah, like I, I like to listen to the new bands, not really the old ones. I was, I was. Just, yeah, I mean, it's kind of like the same. I, I was talking to some friends about like, like, uh, like Missy Elliott at the Super Bowl just came out dressed like super nineties, and it was awesome. That was yeah. so. And so like, she just had to like wait like twelve years, <laughs> yeah, yeah. fifteen years, and then just like all her clothes are like cool again. Yeah, she's I guess like, that's the way it works. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And she's like, sweet. That all timed out perfectly. That was so psyched when she <laughs> came on. I had no idea. Was she a secret guest? I had heard about it. I don't. Uh, they didn't really announce her. That was though. the best. Yeah, that was, that was awesome. so. Awesome. I didn't see it. Yeah, check it yeah, out. Yeah, you should watch more football, dude. What are you doing? <laughs> I didn't watch. I didn't watch the game this year. You didn't oh. get all psyched for Katy Perry and Lenny Kravitz. No. <laughs> <laughs> I left. Yeah. How did Lenny Kravitz get on that bill? Like, well, because I think to like uh, make the song "I Kissed a Girl" more uh, they need uh, a rock easy dude. to swallow for like uh, for like half of America. They needed like Lenny Kravitz to come out sing the chorus with Katy Perry and then she had to get on her right. knees and like shake her ponytail around <laughs> like she was giving him some sort of like weird space blowjob. That's like <clears> a pretty <throat> old song too. Yeah, I mean not the Drew one but even the Katy Perry one it's like 
It's like that's yeah. how it came out a while ago. Yeah, that's yeah. like six years old. Or yeah, it's like your first hit, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, it's definitely the first thing that kind of pushed her out there. Yeah, I watched um, an entire Metallica concert from 1989 last night. Whoa! From remember that live shit Binge and Purge box set? It was like it was a box set, and it had like videos and CDs. Whoa! And there's a concert from Seattle from '89, and it's so weird. You have that whole box set? No, but the whole concert is on YouTube. Oh, yeah. Like, I found it. Uh, I have the box set somewhere at my parents' house, but I don't have the VCR anymore. But it was so weird because I was like, it was cool, but I was like, this band isn't that heavy. Like, looking at it now and, like, watching the crowd and the way they act, it's like like the heaviest thing ever. Yeah. And the drum, the drums are just so bad, so Crazy. bad. How do they? How do you? How do you get away with that? I don't, <laughs> I don't know. That's a really good question. That's crazy. Like yeah. nobody, everybody knows, but nobody cares that much. Yeah, uh, except other drummers are like, "Fuck this." And a lot of the parts just like go on for so like they'll repeat. It's like in for whom the bell tolls. Like they'll repeat stuff for like three minutes. Like I couldn't listen to that shit when it came out. It drove me nuts. Really? Oh, it's like you're saying, it's just so repetitive and, oh. <laughs> yeah, it's... I mean, I'm not a Metallica hater, but I kind of like some of their stuff. But, yeah, when they came out and the videos were just... I thought the videos were so dumb. <laughs> I, thought they were so, I thought the videos were really cool. I thought that Unforgiven video was like blew my mind yeah oh, yeah so i was like how's obvious. this how is he eating like he's feeding him like he's a kid then he's an old guy well i'm older than you too so i was a little jaded maybe yeah by mtv what's your favorite era of metallica um i never really had a phase but i guess like if you i, I guess if i had to choose an album it'd be master of puppets yeah maybe. that's a good one yeah were you did you have like a metal phase at all not really. I kind of like was always, I was always like into like uh, kind of everything. I never really got in. I, I listened to some like Anthrax, I guess, when I played like hockey in eighth grade. <laughs> <laughs> but like, <clears throat> and I, I think like one of the first tapes I ever bought was Quiet Riot. Okay, so like that kind of metal yeah, I yeah. was into, and like I guess you know, I guess if you, you you count like Motley Crue, I had a huge Motley Crue phase in like third third through fifth grade. <laughs> And Guns N' Roses, like Appetite's still like one of my favorite albums. Yeah, but I wouldn't call that like metal as yeah. much as just like it's inc- hard rock. Incredible! I just saw a documentary about that. It's incredible <clears throat> that they made that album. Like when you read the books about them, like how yeah. fucking young they were yeah. and super fucked up, and then like to go into the studio and like cut that record. Like, I know everything's like, amazing and insane. perfect. Like Duff's bass lines are fucking yeah. crazy. They're so good. His book is incredible. Oh, I haven't read it yet. It's so easy and otherwise. Yeah, because <laughs> he's he was like the punk. We talked about this before. He's like the punkest dude ever. Yeah, like he was super into punk rock. Like lived in some place full of roaches. Like joined dnr was just like partying every night just like yeah he's like a seattle dude yeah he like is friends with all the the grunge dudes and yeah everything. well yeah. all those dudes were pretty much into it. i mean slash was really slash was too rock. but yeah yeah it's pretty i guess that doesn't come like you think of them as such like a quintessential like hard rock band you don't yeah. think of like the crossover it's probably why they were fresh yes how did you how did you get into like soul music and that type of stuff i mean i guess i was always listening to kind of everything like when i was like little i would like listen to i I guess it all started like with like michael jackson and then i got really into stevie wonder from there uh and then i don't know i'd like i kind of didn't even realize i was that 
into like soul music in particular, I just like listened to oldies radio a lot. And so like, I just knew all these songs, like all these Sam Cooke songs. Cause like, he's kind of just like a staple of all that, or at least at that time was oldies radio. So like, I didn't even know who was singing these songs and I knew all the words and I found out like Sam Cooke sang most of them. And, uh, I just loved that stuff. And I was like, Oh, this is my guy. And then like Otis Redding kind of came after that. I don't know. I just like, I was always just drawn to that, that kind of music. It's and so I think rich, it's like through man. like stand by me, like watching like movies like that. Like, right. I think a lot of my musical tastes like were, yeah, predetermined by like soundtracks of like eighties movies. So that's the why six, I'm, I'm always and singing 70s, like wind beneath my wings. Sixties and seventies soul is like, it's just the richest music. It's the it's the one thing that like any everybody can listen to and enjoy. When yeah, into country music or exactly. punk rock or like, it's so like expands everything. Yeah, I've always been like attracted to like kind of like uh, like sad chord structures and like happy lyrics or like sad lyrics and happy chord structures sort of things. Just like because <laughs> like playing off each other, it always works really well. Interesting. So at one mm. at what point were you like? I think maybe I could try to do something like this. Was it- um. Were you playing in like bands in high school and stuff? Yeah, I mean, I was always I was in a, in high school. I was in this noise band called Calvin Crime, and we got like signed to Amrep. Really? Yeah, that's we amazing. Were, we did two albums on Amrep. Uh, I think they signed us when I was like seventeen or eighteen, and we toured with Trenchmouth all the time. That's how I a met Fred's like, band. Fred, when yeah, I met Fred. I know Armisen. Fred and Damon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Damon rules too. Like, yeah, they they took us on our first little like Midwest jaunt of like four shows. No way. Yeah, we were like super fans of what them. What a blast! Yeah. You were seventeen. Yeah, yeah, that's totally. crazy, dude. What was what was Fred Armisen like back then? He's, uh, still, he's been like, on the podcast before. He's an oh, he's dude. Yeah. Awesome, man. Um, he uh, he was like just the same. Like those two, Fred and Damon, would like constantly riff and fuck with us, and like because they were like they would give us like all this fake advice. Be like, you know, you know, when it's like uh, when it's like really shitty, like we'd be like in a like a weird coffee shop in like St. Cloud, Minnesota, and there'd be like a snowstorm. They'd be like, you know, when uh, when it's really, really horrible out like this, the only thing you can do driving-wise is just gun it and just go as fast as you can, just drive as fast as you can because that is the only way to stay safe, you know? And like, and they, they would just give us like all this like <laughs> bullshit brotherly advice and we just like kind of like just take it and be like, you know what I mean? You can't like really riff back when you're like 17. Right, you right. You sort of like go like... <clears throat> Like so, they were like uncles that would like crack us up. That's they were like not of, that much older than us, you know. <laughs> that's like what it's like talking to Fred now that I feel like he's always doing bits. And yeah. I was like, I can't do it back to you because you're so good at it. Yeah, and he's so deadpan. That yeah. You're like, but yeah. they would do like stuff like because I would always be in the front row, like just dancing my ass off because I loved trench mouth and uh um like if I'd go to the bathroom, Fred would like stop the song <laughs> and like wait for me to come back. <laughs> And like, you know, what I mean? like, wait, no, everybody stop. Like Sean's, uh, Sean's going to the bathroom. And so like the whole crowd would just have to stand there while I like took a piss and then come back and be like, one, two, three. Whoa. And like, you know, just shit like that. So like, when he started doing comedy, you were not very surprised. Oh God, no. Like all of a sudden he just showed up on Conan once like doing stand up, and I was like, oh, that's fucking perfect. And I saw him play. He was like drumming in the Blue Man Group for a while when I lived in Chicago for a bit. Really? Yeah, that was super awesome. Like that's I, I went and watched him do that couple times <laughs> but yeah he made that that south by southwest video yes if you haven't seen it anybody like that's like a legendary it's comedy video he plays yeah. like 20 different characters interviewing bands so once that started getting passed around i was like this dude will be on snl 
That part where he's those guys are I can't remember all those executives are speaking and he asks if they'll kiss each other. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and exactly. Like, so not it's into like it. Grail Marcus <laughs> yeah. and like somebody else like, like having like a me? really super <laughs> serious conversation. <laughs> oh my god, that was amazing. <laughs> or just like when he had like the buck tooth character that just like couldn't say anything, but would just like look really wide eyed into the camera and then at like Susie Sue or whoever he was like interviewing. <laughs> so good. <laughs> That's one to track down. I, it's, that one's hard to find. Is it? Yeah. That was like a VHS tape that just got passed around. I wonder if it's online. I, yeah, I saw it online it. a couple years ago. Okay, sweet. Probably up there somewhere. I gotta watch that again. That's hilarious. So you were in the span on AMRAP? Yeah. And then we did like two albums and a few EPs. And then I started this project called Sha Na Na. That's like more like indie pop kind of stuff. Um, uh, like... I would record like with Lois at in Olympia and um I did like a split CD which was hilarious people did split CDs at one point <laughs> with Mary Lou Lord okay and uh, I toured a lot with Sean and it was kind of like uh it was good it's like it was more like Elvis Costello kind of like guitar pop stuff but then we'd like close out the set with like this R. Kelly cover of When a Woman's Fed Up and like the crowd would go insane and I'd have like the most fun doing that. And I realized like at the after party, like, you know, you'd be like dancing, jumping off couches with all the girls that like were at the show, like listening to like TLC and like that was the music everybody actually like wanted to party to. So yeah. I was like, I'm going to start making music like this. I'm going to make party music. Yeah. Man. yeah like I'm going to yeah. stop staring at my feet. My <laughs> yeah. hands like, <laughs> not have to wear a guitar and just There's like get in people's faces and have fun that's an interesting so especially for someone like you because i feel like amrep and that stuff is like like the most credible thing you can do <laughs> yeah. in music. <laughs> yeah. and then i feel like i had this talk with someone in a really popular band recently like pop music sort of like this idea of like guilty pleasures or yeah. like stuff like that it's like or it's not cool but it's like that's sort of like elvis costello is also pop music like yeah yeah it's like it's one of those things it's funny because like tom hazelmeyer who runs amrep like when i told him i was doing this harmar superstar thing he was like oh god that's like that sucks you know and like and then he came to see the show and he was like you saw how like kind of confrontational it was and like fucked up and weird and he was like holy shit this is amazing he started putting me on shows with like the melvins when they come through town and stuff and like he like you know i think the live show sells a lot of people like, right. i'm still like really good friends with hazelmeyer to this day i've like sang on a couple of like the newer halo of flies records that he's done and it's pretty fun pretty f like i love that dude he's a he's a real like musical mentor to me because he like kind of showed me how the music business worked you know yeah <laughs> <laughs> have you ever had like problems with like just people in the audience who don't get it who are just like yeah not as much lately because i think like people sort of just know what they're getting and right when i play i mean i'm normally headlining my own tours so people are kind of there for it but definitely i've had like I had a lot of like, yeah, like, uh, uh, bad, bad crowd experiences. Like the first, especially like the first big tours I would do, like when I'd go out with like the Strokes and, and, uh, like I toured with Incubus through the South. Wow. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I got really good at like, kind of like taking the first heckler and shutting them down in front of everybody and making them look like an idiot so everybody else would just be kind of afraid to try. <laughs> so that was like a skill I picked up. It was yeah. kind of like a stand-up comedy trick. Uh, 
And I kind of like for years, it kind of felt like I was a stand up, but I could hide behind music, you know, like it wasn't as, as bare as like going up there with just, yeah, the maybe it was easier being, <laughs> yeah. being that different than from Incubus that you can actually get away with it. Whereas if you were like, I don't know, like a rock band. It yeah. Work, you know? Well, if you're just a rock band, people would just sort of be like, eh, it's a rock band. Right, right. But like, I think people just don't understand that if you, even if you get off stage early, like if people are like, get off stage, we want to see our favorite band, like they're not going to go on any early. Right. There is a schedule <laughs> right. posted backstage. Yes. That band is like out eating dinner. <laughs> you know what I mean? They're like, yeah, not, yeah, yeah. they're not like, they're either like watching the opening band because they love it or they're like, yeah, they're like, at the casino or some shit. Like, no, we don't have to be there till 930 because we play at 10. So. Right. You know what else they have <laughs> you know what I mean? that the like, audience may not realize is this thing called a set list. Yeah. <laughs> like, they're probably going to play the songs they decided beforehand. Yeah, Maybe exactly. not, but, like, probably pretty yeah. much. Yeah, I hate when someone, like, yeah, like, requests a song that you're going to do in, like, eight songs, and you're like, yeah, I, we'll get there. And they just keep yelling it after every song. You're like, it's it'll happen. It it's is always- the single of this record that I'm touring right now, so I'm pretty sure we'll do that. Just wait, because you do it later, so but you don't you can, all leave. You can see why bands <laughs> rebel and don't play the fucking single. Oh. Yeah, yeah. They just get sick of it after I, a while. that. I I it, kind of like it when bands do that sometimes. Like, I saw, we had Blake Schwarzenbach on the podcast. Oh, sweet. And I saw him do a sh- show, Coco 66, where he didn't, it was like this weird, like, we talk about it a lot. It was almost like Neil Hamburger-y, like, performance art. Wow. Like, he was trying to look at something on a music stand and kept dropping this light and, like, would spend, like, five minutes fixing <laughs> it amazing. and then drop it. And the crowd, like, just wanted to hear Jawbreaker, Jester Brazil stuff. <laughs> oh, and shit. he played all new stuff. And did this weird bit about the light. And I loved, like, the withholding. Like, yeah. I liked it because I thought what he was doing was also really interesting. And it wasn't just this fucking another, like, nostalgia trip where yeah. people can just feel like they're 17 again or something. Like, Yeah, that's awesome, man. Yeah, it was cool. <laughs> I want to see that. Does he just go as, like, Blake Schwartz? Yeah, just as Blake Schwartz. He was there. There was a period he was just doing these shows in Greenpoint, like, DJing or just doing these solo shows. And yeah. just really, it was really weird, but kind of cool. Sweet. Yeah. I got to check it out. Yeah. Check it out, guys. <laughs> yeah. Check out. Blake. So you're spending, are you working on a record now? Yeah, I'm like writing it right now. Um, going to El Paso in March for like a week to like start tracking it. And then uh, I'll see what happens from there. I mean, it's, I'm not planning on having it done till like June or July, which means it probably won't come out till November, or January, February next year. Who knows? Yeah. Whenever I run out of money, it'll hopefully come out. <laughs> what's, in El, what's in El Paso? Um, there's an amazing studio there called Sonic Ranch. That's just like kind of like a oasis in the middle of nowhere. It's like 30 miles outside of El Paso, and it's been there forever. Like I think Ministry made their first records there. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just go there a lot. Uh, Dave Siddick records a lot of his stuff there. Uh, John Congleton, like a bunch of like. There's three studios, three like full amazing. Right studios and everybody stays in like a hacienda style house and it's just a really good vibe like it doesn't feel like you're working when you're there and there's no distractions whatsoever i love that shit i can't do it i can't record in new york like if i set up studio time i just like everybody would be they're you know scatterbrained you'd be you just like basically by like 10 o'clock every night would just want to be like let's go to a bar 
You know what I mean? And then like everybody would like scatter and then like you end up being out till six in the well, morning and then you don't show up. Till, yeah. Like, even two. if you keep everybody. Else, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, they're going to go out. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like when you're at a place where it's like we can like work from 10 a.m. to like 10 p.m. and it doesn't feel like we're working. And then we're like all kind of tired and we just like eat dinner and pass out and then do it again for like every day for a week. It's kind of no, it's kind it's of a, chill. It's a good way to make a record. You know? Yeah. Is it hard sort of with the other guys in your band kind of doing other projects to find time for everything or just like it's no. a scheduling thing? No, it's just like everybody's kind of, everybody does their own thing. Kind yeah. of like I, I write my songs. I have like, um, uh, the studio is totally different. Like Denver's normally off doing his own thing. So he doesn't really play on the records as much because he'll be touring with like Dave Sparacitos. Um, my friend Chris Bearden, plays bass he's the bass player of that band polisa okay and um so he's gonna come down and be the bass player ryan mcmahon who tours with me is gonna play drums um i think matt sweeney's gonna come for a few days no way that's awesome yeah we've been writing some stuff together so i'm gonna start with that as the core band and then after that i'll like add keys and horns and all that stuff just uh on other people's whenever they can do it i'll probably go back to austin and do the horns with jim eno and the guys from Group of Phantasma, and uh, yeah, I don't know. It's gonna be all pieced together like that after after the fact. So, and then, yeah. So it's really not like you know. I'll probably actually recording wise be working on it for like a week every month for the next okay six months or something, five months. Is that how you you normally generally kind of do it now, or is it kind of different? That's kind of how I time? did the last one. Okay, like I was in Austin for a month, but I only recorded like two days a week. Cause we were doing like a residency at the Mohawk. We played every week and then we did like two shows in New Orleans and we were just like doing like satellite stuff and a couple days a week was all it took. Like for me, like I went in with like the 10 songs that are the record and we did all the bass and drums and basic shit in like two days. Like it just goes really fast because it's kind of like, I think the simpler, the better for the basic stuff. And then, and with soul music, you don't want it to be like too crazy, and this is like some epic sweeping song, which I don't really have any of. So, like you know, I I, just... it seems also like kind of a good idea to be kind of playing shows while you're record. I mean, like I would think that would kind of maybe help the songs. Like, yeah, I was like actually not even really playing the new stuff because I feel like I have to have like the tracks kind of fully fleshed out before gotcha. I can play them. But maybe not for this one. We'll see. I might be able to like actually play some of this shit live before it. Well, it's the trick done. is you're dealing with a very highly skilled group of musicians. Yeah. So, yeah, you can get away with yeah, working I mean, exactly guys, how you're working. We can, like, yeah, I mean, we can, like, like sight unseen. Like, if they haven't heard a song, I can just go in and we can, like, yeah. play through it three times and be like, all right, cool, let's just lay it down. And then yeah. it's there. You know what I mean? So it's kind of, it's more freeing. And so I'll, I'll try, hopefully I'll have a bunch of written by the time we get there, like, nine or ten songs but then we can like just write a bunch there too i just want to kind of like leave it open we'll see who knows who knows what's gonna happen what's gonna happen in the desert yeah (laughs) texas was it hard for you to fire your mini disc player like (laughs) you have to let it down easily i it was i I held on as long as i could like i tried to like get the like this was like years ago but like i really wanted to keep the mini disc i just like loved the format but it was so dead you couldn't even like (laughs) couldn't even find a play a way to even like transfer onto it. It was insane. So I was like, <laughs> fine. 
I guess I'll get an iPod, and then everything's just been super easy since then, so. <laughs> <laughs> I made it so unnecessarily hard for myself. Yeah. But Minidisc was so funny. <laughs> 32 kilohertz, I believe, was the sampling rate of a Minidisc. Really? I think so. I remember it was an odd sampling rate. It wasn't like CD. Yeah. Something weird. And you could, like, move the tracks around. I still have no idea how that worked. What do you mean? You like, could, like, you could, like, move the order of the tracks on it, like, within the machine. Like, you just, on the one disc, you could, like, you could pick an order, but it wasn't, like, through a computer. It was, like, right. through the little weird window on the on the mini disc player screen. Weird. Yeah. So you could like change, you could change your setup, dude. Mini disc. I mean, the, the, there's definitely going to be people listening to this that have no clue what we're talking about. It's not like yeah. CD or vinyl. Like we like mini disc. It came and went within a few years. Yeah. yeah. But it was like the hot shit for like yeah, yeah, a second. No. Super I think a few tech. albums were actually released on Minidisc. I think you're right. Like with like little tiny artwork. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I, think you're right. <laughs> I worked at a record store and I remember when people would bring in Laserdisc, like oh, they would be like, they would go in like a day. Like people would just always come in looking for Laserdisc. Yeah, yeah. I used, I used to have that, you remember that format video disc? That was like, it was basically like a weird big disc that you put in like okay there's a big Isn't plastic that a laser cartridge. disc a big 12 inch well but there's video disc it's different <laughs> and you like you put in this big pl- uh, plastic cartridge that looks like a big plastic 12 inch album and you put it in and then the, the the thing comes out of it like when you pull out the, the like cover, the case or something the case and it's like a record inside of there that plays like a record but it's a video and then halfway through the movie you have to like Put in the thing, pull it flip out, it flip it over, <laughs> and do it again. No and way. Like, yeah, and oh I, so God. I found like I found like eighty of those at like a thrift store in Montana, and bought them for like I don't know, like seventy bucks or something. And I had like Purple Rain and like Apocalypse Now and like all these like awesome movies, Cannonball Run two. I like and like found that my brother found the player on eBay for like fifty bucks and got that for me for Christmas. Was, was it like, digital or my, was it like a magnetic disc? No, it was like a record. It was like a, some, the same oh kind of like God. properties as vinyl in this. a way. You got to look into video disc. And like, I was like, one of the greatest things that ever happened with that was that like there was a scene in Cannonball Run 2 where, um, where, uh, Burt Reynolds, is it Burt Reynolds or is it Tom Selleck? It's Burt Reynolds. He, he gets, he gets woken up by somebody squirting him in the nuts with a seltzer water bottle from like five feet away. And uh, that part just started skipping, so it was just over and over. Just Burt Reynolds getting like, like, like hitting the nuts with a seltzer water bottle, and I like left it going. I like called people over, like, like this was like when I was like twenty, twenty. I was like, this is the best thing ever. We just like we just kept smoking weed and watching this thing for like five hours. Just and made just, it like, into a party. Mo- yeah, it was like that. <clears throat> just kept going forever. But like, yeah, so there was some really fortunate skipping. Like, it could skip, like, a record, which is amazing. Right, yeah. You don't get those happy accidents anymore. No. That's just not... Uh, not The happy accident is it just breaks. You get nothing. Now you just get a loading screen. Yeah. That makes you angry. I hate that when you're, like, internet just... That just happens now. Because I stream everything. Yeah, man. I think that's, like, the lowest I can go. That's, like, the only time my roommates will hear me, like, scream in my room. Like, fuck! (laughs) (laughs) This is, like... I just can't watch TV. You're watching Peaky Blinders and it's... Just... Yeah. It just won't let me. <laughs> I was like, you know, there was like a... I don't know what happened last week. There was a point where I was trying to watch like... 
an episode of like Parks and Rec and it took like an hour to get through the whole thing. It was so mad. It's like 20 minutes of TV. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even know how I did that. I don't know. Without like, I just, I was so mad. I was like trying to watch a sitcom, like super angry. <laughs> <laughs> Party. I just want to party. Let's give it up for Harmar. Let's pop some bottles. Amen. That's his deal, right? I mean, he used to throw big parties around Brooklyn, right? Yeah. That was, um, that's how I found out about him first originally. I forgot that after this podcast, he invited me to his birthday party and I went to it (laughs) and it it was really fun. And I, uh, this is weird the way you're talking about this in the past. I know it is weird. Something that's going to happen in the future or air in the future. Yeah. Whoa. <laughs> yeah, anyways, someone brought out a bunch of cupcakes. There's a, a, Is that what you call it nowadays? <laughs> there's there's a, a group photo that was like dark and blurry. You couldn't see anything. Uh, but yeah, fun times. Uh, Sean's a great dude. Um, check out all the Harmar records. But especially, the records are sick. Like I said, his band, Denver Ryan, all those guys are great. Um, but you sort of want to also see him live. Because it's it's amazing. He puts on an amazing performance. Yeah, it's worth it. So yeah, thanks to Sean, aka Harmar Superstar, for coming by. Um, thank you to Commonwealth Press for sponsoring us. Uh, mm. Go to CommonwealthPress.com/podcast uh, to get six free shirts with your order. With your order for your cool band for your or cool your band. bar mitzvah. Yeah, any kind of event. It doesn't have to be a band. That's true. You could like have your favorite shirt from when you were a kid that you grew out of, and you want to get, you know, like forty copies of it so you never have to wash one dude just get a shirt with your face on it and just give it to your friends i'm wearing a shirt right now oh that my friend john cheese made i john cheese gave me this shirt he really is john is not lying he has that on john still is a good friend of mine he lives here now he's married as a kid but he gave me the shirt on warp tour 2002 and as he said i actually ran into recently he was like you are the only person that still wears that shirt (laughs) so think about it Get a shirt made by Commonwealth Press, give it to someone, and every time they look down at it, they'll think about you and your friendship. Oh, that's amazing. That's a great idea. Yeah. My friend Isaac also made, Isaac Walter made shirts. He does an amazing site called Minor Thread. Do you know, have I told you about this? <laughs> My friend Isaac does a site, Minor Thread, where he wears a different band t-shirt every day and Whoa. documents the front and back. And I think he's on like, definitely more than 500 days in a row. <laughs> He has the most t-shirts. He's, um, he collects also de- Descendant shirts, and they have some... I'll show you, but check out MinorThread.com. Uh, but yeah, Isaac also sent me a shirt with his face on it. I wore it on stage at a bunch of shows this year. Like, I feel like... Basically, I guess what I'm saying is, if you give me anything free, I will wear it until it disintegrates. Because that's how much I hate shopping for clothes. Anyways, uh, thanks to Commonwealth Press. Thanks to Harmar. Visit us at GoingOffTrack.com. You can donate if you want to support the podcast. You can leave us a nice rating on iTunes. That doesn't cost anything and uh, is also like a nice way just to say you like us. Um, we're very insecure people. So <laughs> any kind of validation coming from anyone makes us feel good. Um, so, yeah, check us out online. Thanks for listening to the podcast. Brad, do you have anything to add? I drank so much coffee. I feel like I'm talking really fast. <laughs> yeah, just, I'm speechless. I'm yeah. enjoying just watching this ride. Oh, my God. It's a wild ride, but I got a feeling the inevitable crash is coming. <laughs> And it's going to be up in flames. So until next week, good night (laughs) and God bless.
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.